Hey, you're listening to Geekologist Radio, part of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Damien, and I did that without saying Ninja Family. And you can't even say it wrong now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, when I did the solo cast, it took me three takes. I'm just going to admit it right now. Like, There's nobody else to hear it, but I, I know that it I can imagine. three takes. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sitting there laughing at myself. It was wonderful. <laughs> now, if you know who that voice is, that's uh, you know the other the other side of uh, side of things that's always here. That's uh, Nick NPDX. Nick, what's going on, man? I'm back. I'm back from uh, yes. listening to the solo show that you did really well. I learned a lot about Rare and completely forgot about Battletoads, which I played a ton of as a child. How can you forget about Battle? You can't I, forget about. There's I a toad did. named Zit. I, I don't know, and I forgot that Rare. I forgot it was developed by Rare. Um, Perfect Dark, you know, James Bond, N64 days. I was just nostalgia listening. I was like in dream site, uh, a dream state <laughs> listening to that podcast. So I was like, everything you talked about, because we didn't know each other as little kids, but everything you talked about, I was like, I did that. I did that. I did that. You know, he did it real quick. Me and my brother run to the uh, 64, put in Perfect Dark or James Bond, whatever, you know, whatever you want to play that night. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is it's just something that, I mean, I even, you know, Hopefully, I didn't embarrass uh, your wife too much. Embarrass my sister with that because I didn't. I didn't go into it the depth that we would go in and use basically Goldeneye as action figures and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that when we were younger, I remember us, my brother and I, thinking that oh, you know, my, she's the girl, she's the bad guy, that kind of thing. But what we didn't realize we were doing is we were training her to just be one badass video game player because she was going one v three and she would take us all out. Yeah. Yeah. So all we all we did all we did was condition her to just be a badass. <laughs> I love this story and I'm gonna tell it real quick, but everybody sees it online once around these old memes that will pop up and say, If you remember this, then you're this age and I know your family did this and I know your dad built this for you guys, is that on the N sixty four James Bond it'd be a four player split screen and your dad built a cover to split the screen in four ways that you guys went at screen a screen peek as you play, and you see that online all the time. But you got you actually grew up with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, see, it actually was created by Jacob, uh, our my brother, your brother. It, it was created by him and my cousin, and oh, okay. they put they did paper. and And what happens? My dad saw this, and he was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this." Like he went as far as we were getting patents and everything for it. But the problem was is that it was just at that tail end yeah. time period because we had a model that was actually going to be that was done in plastic that could could move and go to different size TVs and whatnot and it would click on and then there's another model that we had that was a suction cup that would hit on top of a TV this is before the flat TV so you actually had a place to to connect yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it could swivel both ways so like if you just did split screen this way one person was down one person sat on a stool 
And it, it really worked that way. See, and that's that's had, next level that I didn't know about. So you guys took it a whole different direction. Yeah, yeah. It was because we were we were going to sell this thing. And then like we even had talked to Toys R Us and all sorts of stuff. Like there was an interest. But then that interest quickly faltered as, you know, Xbox and PlayStation it's just started kicking up this online yeah. game service. As soon as that came around, it was like, okay... If you just don't live out in the rural areas, you have access to internet that can play these games, then it wasn't as big of a deal. And that was kind of sad for us, but at the same time, it was a good, it was really good memories. And yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of, yeah, you can't, you can't peek, you can't do that. No screen I mean, peeking. Was, Stop screen those peeking. Those two. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love, I love the concept of screen peeking now because it's, it's, it's non-existent anymore. Um, unless you're playing two player and you're in the same house, it, it, unless you're playing two player in the same house, a land party, yeah, land party, yeah. or or if you're streaming and you're playing against somebody that you're friends with and that they oh, decide and to and, watch your stream and it's have watched stream your stream sniping, yeah, stream sniping. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so that's, that that's the screen peek of today. That's hilarious. Age. That's <laughs> that's actually really cheating, though. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that, that, it is bad. Stream to watch it. Yeah. yeah well, well, here's the thing. So I was playing. I was playing Fortnite the other day, and I was watching Captain Jack Sparrow at the same time on my laptop. Now I wasn't trying to get into the match with him. I was just playing and watching him. But he happened to be. Granted, there were two different times of day, so he was obviously in a different match than me. But. I'm playing and I start shooting. All of a sudden I hear gunfire on his screen. And I'm, I look down and it's just out of the peripheral vision. I see him in the same area as me, only behind where I was at. So I start freaking out, turn around shooting. I actually shot somebody that was sneaking up on me <laughs> and killed him. And then I thought that I killed, I thought that I killed him. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't mean to, you know, and then I realized, oh yeah, he's still alive. So the fact that he scared the crap out of me because he was in the same area as me actually ended in me nabbing myself a kill. It was great, although I was still startled and shortly after I got killed. But nevertheless, it was still kind of a one of those interesting moments. But that that's kind of what that, – there's just – I don't know. That's one of the things I've been up to this week. I've been up – I've played, played some Fortnite. Uh, obviously, the Sea of Thieves beta has ended, and so everybody's just been talking about that a lot. And – I mean that game, man. I'm telling you, I I just can't wait for the launch of that. The uh, I mean, uh, 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 Joe Neat commented on the on the stream that, or not the stream, but the podcast, and also yeah, Craig Duncan, that. Craig yeah. Craig Duncan, uh, the studio head, actually uh, said, you know, did the fist bump thing and talked about you know uh, kind words and whatnot. I I, I just got to say, I love that development company just because of the fact of how in tune they are with their community and how much the community means to them actually and they that they show it and that's one of the things i talked about a lot in that now the other stuff that we're doing is if you are a player of PUBG and you've played before you know you played within a certain time period as long as you played before january 31st you should start seeing uh 30,000 bp points dropped into your account yeah, I was playing squad the other day, and the guy asked me why he had so much BP points, and I explained it to him. I've already got mine. A lot of people on Xbox that I've been playing with this week have got theirs. I've already spent mine, by the you way. You spent all. <laughs> see, I spent. I spent. I I think I have ten left. I think I have ten thousand. Yeah, that left. sounds about right because you can spend down yeah. to around ten grand, ten k, and at that point, yeah. uh, at that point, you're maxed out for that week. And so, by the time I'm done, this is go ahead. 
This is what I don't like about it, though, is because I just keep getting repeat stuff. I, I, same here. Same same here. And then yeah, you see someone. That, I want a, I want a ski cap. I want the black ski cap because that keeps your head covered really well when you start the match. It's hard to see. Yeah, it. and then you see these people that got, they're running around with the gas mask. They're running around with the long sleeve jacket. Oh, they're yeah. running around with the biker jacket that's got, like, the cut-off sleeves. Like, I don't, I want, that's what I want. I see all these people running around. Yeah, and, that, that makes and also angry. when you have a jacket, it's, <clears throat> when you have, sorry, when you have the jacket, it's extra pockets. So if you start off the match, you can also you can already carry. I don't know if that allows you, but if you pick up a jacket in the game, it gives you extra uh, space. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Ammo. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, somebody playing a squad, random guy, told me that. And I was like, oh, I I don't pick up jackets all the yeah. time. I pick up the. I always usually pick up the black trench. Uh, yeah, trench that's coat. what I do too. Yeah, because it just gives you a little bit when you're in the shadows and stuff. Gives you a little bit of uh, hiding. You know what I found though in the game, man, is that in the crates. Uh, this is PUBG on the in the crates. Somebody found a uh, a ghillie suit. Yep. Did you know that was? In I the... did. <clears throat> the guy in my squad killed the guy, took his suit, and he almost won because we all died. He almost won by himself just by laying in the grass, and that thing is that thing is deadly. And now, game. see, I got one of the things I benefited from with this grab. It was a common <laughs> drop, but I got like this dirty long sleeve shirt that look that's like beige yeah. colored, and I got beige colored combat pants. So. By time the new map comes out that's desert themed, yeah, I I am great. going to be like I'm in like Flynn, like I can lay down. You ain't, you're not going to see me unless I move. Yeah, for the rewards too, I have the beige uh, khaki pants mm-hmm. and I have the beige uh, white shirt. Or it's kind of uh, maybe it's not beige, maybe it's a little grayish, but whatever. Yeah. It's gonna work. It's gonna work fine. Yeah, I mean th- this is just a I I love the game. I I love PUBG. It's a yeah. lot of fun. I play it. I pl- play it both places. I play it, and it's interesting. So I play it down on my on my S. Now the graphics aren't as good on there on the S, and it's also it's also I it's Wi-Fi on the S, and so I get the I get the where like I have to play and think to myself, okay, what's gonna happen if I drop if I have a lag spike for a second because I know everybody's streaming right now, and that happens. So when I'm good, when I'm thinking, when I'm trying to play competitive, I definitely play on my X. But yeah, when I'm just kind of like and har- hardwired, yeah, in yeah X, exactly. Yeah. I mean, hell, I just because uh, I even just invested in a new uh, cord, which I'm showing right now on screen from Black Web. That's just it's designed. It's a ten foot long cord, but it's designed to be a little more sturdy in the Xbox controllers. So my micro USB okay. cord, okay, all right, because you get zero latency that way when you're from your your input. Oh, yeah, oh, really? Because it makes it a wired okay. controller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't think about that. That that's a good point. And actually, I was just watching this video uh, about playing PUBG on your PC and what kind of graphics card you can use. So there is some advantages on the PC side of things of having a better oh yeah graphics oh card yeah there's having a better connection. On the Xbox, and a lot of, man, I watched just a lot of cheating on the PC side for a couple streamers. Um, this one guy just showed me on the death replay, because on the PC side, you can watch the replay of how you died. And he was getting shot through a hill, and he was in a building through a sniper, and I was like, wow, the cheating is really bad in the PC side of things. So actually, the Xbox side of things right now is a little bit more legit. Uh, a couple guys this week have been saying, oh, this guy's cheating, that guy's cheating, and I didn't see it. I, I haven't. The really Xbox seen it side, what people will do is they will deliberately play on the OG or the uh, or the S Xbox One because when they're playing on that, things don't render as fast. So if you run into a field, 
the field, you'll see the person laying down without the grass. And if they're playing on an X, they have the grass in front of them. And so it ta- okay. it, it, that, that is the way that people are getting around and trying to do things differently. But if you have an Xbox One X and you're doing this stuff, then it's actually easier for you. It, it winds up being a wash ultimately because you have a bigger, you have a better draw distance on the X. So if you have yeah. snipers, X is the way to go because you have a better distance and it processes faster so you don't have to lead the target as much. So right now on the Xbox, I know there's over 4 million players now for PUBG on the Xbox One X or the S. Um, now, what I'm finding a lot the last two weeks of playing just random squads and meeting people, which me and you both like to do. We like to socialize and, and meet new people and you know find cool players. And I've, I've done that a lot this week. But the frame rate when you're driving with four guys in a car is brutal, man. It, it just drops down so bad and you get hung up on things. It, it, it's really it also hard, depends man, on sometimes. what uh vehicle you're you're using certain vehicles the jeeps yes the jeeps the jeep uh the jeeps are tough man uh what do they call them again they call them the i have nicknames we have nicknames at our house for all the different vehicles like we call like the sedans Uh, we call those uh by power ranger names oh we got the red ranger we've got the blue ranger um yeah so that's that's the cause and then the thing is if someone hears us like because that's the thing well actually first off Proximity speaks not in the game yet. That's that will be coming. That's something that's in the PC version. So you'll hear squads that yep. are if they're not using a Discord channel to talk to each other, you'll hear them openly talking, which kind of helps out. But yeah, so that's one of the things we don't got we're, we're not dealing with right now. But when that does come in, it'll put in a whole new uh, aspect to the the game because you can also use that to psych someone out too, if you know that there's somebody in a room or something. I was watching the uh, uh, Team Vis is his name on stream, and uh, he was he was playing the new desert map on the PC, and he jumped into an old VW bus, and I was like, yes, awesome! <laughs> had the, I love that they added the VW bus in there, just a random worst vehicle ever to drive in, and for some type of an assault four player, you could probably fit six or eight people. Yeah, they just thing. uh uh just also put in a few more weapons into just the standard the standard map because like we got you got the I think you got like the Glock now basically so it, it does you can go from single to fully automatic. Yeah, so a couple a couple nice. new guns just okay. came into the game. Uh, but been playing that, but I've also been playing a lot more Monster Hunter, and a lot of people are playing a lot of Monster Hunter World. Uh, it's becoming, it's, it's definitely now that Sea of Thieves beta is not here, it's something that people are, are flocking to because it really does offer that scratch, that itch that the original destiny had destiny two doesn't have that grind feeling to it so much that a lot of people actually, even though they complained about actually miss, well, they're able to get that kind of, that, that kind of gameplay that they, they miss in monster hunter monster hunter world and the other thing about that is is that it is a game that also levies itself to the fans of the raid type mechanics because certain enemies when you have to take them down at certain levels and stuff will fight differently and if you have a crew that there's no classes in the game but there's different weapon classes and depending on how you play your weapon and it also if you are proficient in your weapon will depend will change how your squad attacks an, an oncoming enemy in the game or one of the monsters you're hunting. 
And so all those mechanics and stuff like that has really been a place for these streamers, especially uh, streamers like, uh, you know, Gothalian and uh, Professor Broman, people who were really are, are, are really known from the Destiny community that are becoming multi-game streamers. They stream a lot of Fortnite as well. And this just, you know, this gives them something that they can stream, that they can talk about drops and, spe- you know, uh, rare items that they're trying to get to create these other items. And and so it gives them that ability to kind of go back to this old style of show that they did, they put on when they were playing D1, that D2 doesn't allow them to produce anymore. Yeah, I've never really played Monster Hunter before, but my kids had it on the DS, and I know you've had it on the DS for a long time. So are you, pl- are yeah, you playing oh, on the Xbox One? Yeah, you better believe it. Uh, it's, How does that uh, look on there? It's beautiful. Now? now, this is another thing with this game is it's interesting. You you have to make a choice. When you start it up, it asks, what do you want to put power to? Do you want to put power towards your graph? more gra- power towards graphics do you want to put more power to frame rate do you want to put more power to resolution you can choose all of that stuff or you know one of those things and no matter what it's on the x and it has hdr graphics so no matter what it looks pretty so of course i go to yeah. frame rate i, I did i tried, tried it all all out on all of them and the graphics i was just like what <laughs> but frame rate uh, yeah, yeah, PUBG. yeah. Fr- frame rate <laughs> is frame definitely the way too. to go, especially when you're getting into a lot of yeah. images, a lot of uh, uh, animations going on on the screen. But it's definitely something that I really, really enjoyed. I also got a chance this week to, uh, I was watching, I got a chance to watch a few different things, things that I totally had kind of slummed off in the past and then watched and was t- really taken back by it. And I'm loving the fact that it's actually going to be a series uh, of, of films and uh, side films, actually. But I watched with my wife, we watched Bad Moms. And I, well, we, oh, well, we watched Moms the first Christmas one, Bad Moms, because we had never seen that one. And I was laughing. I go, besides the yeah. husband in it being a DB, I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's my. I, I go, Tina. I go, Mila Kunis is you. <laughs> and so it just it, <laughs> it resonated, and we were laughing our butts off. So it was just it was a really good film. So then we watched the Christmas one, and then I was like, you know, I thought I heard something about a bad grandma's movie, and it goes to Vegas, and sure enough, at the end, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to Vegas. I'm like, oh, there it is. Because I know Susan Sarandon is supposed to be is on board to produce, and they're just working out the storyline now. But yeah, it's going to have a franchise over to where there's going to be the bad grandmas. They're going to have their own film in Vegas that's going to take place in Vegas, which should just be awesome. And then your sister's going to love that you watch this because she loves Bad Moms. You know how many times I've, I've, seen I've now seen it there. twice. The first one, uh, I call it the I call it the montage. Uh, spectacular event uh, event or something like that i told her because i swear to god bad moms are so many different montages uh i didn't like as much as did you sound like you liked it but uh your sister loves it and the christmas bunch she i think she's i think she likes it yeah we'll have to do what we'll do is we'll have to get the 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 women together and have them have some wine and they can watch those together (laughs) i mean basically what it is is it's a (laughs) it's a female-led uh pretty much it's a female-led hangover yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, a lot of it. And I love Mila. Yes. Uh, she's awesome and everything she does. She's beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, there's so many <laughs> damn montages in that movie. 
I just kept on making fun of Lacey for it, and she uh, she did not uh, appreciate that. But what I thought found interesting <laughs> is, and this goes into play the fact because you know how much I like the movie Bright. Uh, I didn't realize that this was a yeah. Yeah, I, I re- didn't realize I re- that this was a that Netflix too, original. What Bright? No, the the Bad Moms is a Netflix original. Netflix is putting films in theater. Is that? Oh, really? yeah, it? it's a Netflix original because I noticed huh. it also. I also watched, finally watched uh, the uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, yeah, I watched that too. Yeah. And that's yeah. a Netflix original. I like that movie, actually. Yeah. So it's, that, it's not it's not too bad. It's no. Decent. And those are the, so those are two. There's, there's two or three movies, technically, that are made by Netflix that went into theater. So they're just produced by Netflix. Yeah, they're produced. Okay. By, yeah, so Netflix is not. Okay. No, Netflix is actually going to theater now, and it's. In, I find that interesting be, mainly because the fact that then you have this like huge movie that, you know, I guess I guess honestly it it probably would have cost more to put a film like Bright because he, these movies that are making that that they put into theaters they know are going to make money because they don't cost as much to make. Yeah, I could see Bright costing a lot more to, because you would have to, uh, you'd have to sell it. The, yeah, the sell to, it, the ad campaign and everything like that. The, the, yeah, the campaign. Yeah, that would be millions of dollars right there. And the, and, I don't know if they wanted it was, to ship it out for that movie. Yeah, and it was it was already a super expensive movie to film, but by just keeping it as a Netflix thing, you know, they get a lot of subscriptions on that, and you know that that's something that's always there. It's always going to be a seller. And now they're, you know, they're working on the sequel as well as a series. So, you know, that's, well, we're going to be, we're going to be seeing all sorts of stuff within that, within that world. Then, uh, what, so what have you been up to this week? So on Netflix, man, I just wanted to say that the feudal and stupid gesture, it's about National Lampoon and the creator of National Lampoon. I just saw that. Magazine. Yeah. The magazine, the radio show, and then. Uh, Monster House, and they carried over into Caddyshack. And actually, the creator of Caddyshack, uh, of National Lampoon did not like Caddyshack. And actually, when Caddyshack came out, and I didn't realize this because us growing up, it's supposed to be this great comedy, and which I think it is. Um, it, the audience didn't like it. Airplane came out right before Caddyshack, and so Caddyshack did not do well in the theaters and did not have good um, critical acclaim. And this kind of pushed the creator and... Uh, of National Lampoon over the edge a little bit. He had some uh he had some uh mental uh mental uh problems, drug problems and that time of era, a lot of cocaine, a lot of alcohol. Um very creative guy, very funny guy and uh the movie I I looked on Rotten Tomato, I think it was only getting like 65% of Rotten Tomato or something like that, but I really enjoyed it. It's a quick watch. I think it's less than 2 hours. Um, really funny, a lot of good stuff, a lot of things where I laughed out loud and in, in, at work, I was just watching it and I was like, Oh, I look stupid here. <laughs> Cause I'm just, I'm just laughing out loud, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, another thing I'm watching is Vikings and another show. Uh, we talked about Vikings before it's good. This season's gotten better. And then another show that's falling is nightfall. Um, it's okay. I, I'm kind of falling off it a little bit, but, uh, I'm still going to keep up with it and, by the end of season one, I'll let you guys know how I truly feel about it. Vikings gotten better though. I okay. know we like the Last Kingdom over Vikings, but this season's it, it's piqued my interest a little bit more. A little bit more. I'm okay. hanging in there by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> now there's something else that just launched today on 
Netflix. And I know that we're, we will definitely be doing a full uh, episode on this. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that you'll be ready next week? Uh, I can. De- I'm definitely gonna watch it all. Okay, yeah. all right. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I'll be watching from now on. Okay, so next well, next week we're gonna try to we're gonna try to target next week to do a full episode on altered carbon. That was basically the theme of one of our last episodes. Uh, if the uh, altered altered bodies, I believe is bodies. A, yeah, the body bodies the bodies floor. Yeah, the bodies themed episode. Oh, but. Now we've actually got to see the first episode. Yeah. This is getting right now, it's ranked out of 10 on IMDb. This is 8.8 right now yeah. out of 10. And I have to say, with it, watching the first episode, I think that's a fair score. But by the time we get done with it, we'll, by, but once we're done with it and we do, our, we do our whole episode on the whole thing, we will actually give our, our individual scores on it. I was just looking on Rotten Tomatoes too. Rotten Tomatoes right now uh, is only giving it a sixty-five percent. Uh, want to see is a ninety-four percent. So a lot of people have not okay, seen it okay. yet. So I'm, I'm thinking that score is going to go up too. Now it's the. I mean, man, pretty much everything that we were excited about this this show. It it feels like you're watching a movie. Like we were talking about the fact that this is a TV show. That's on Netflix. That costs even more, even even more than a Game of Thrones episode. Now I've heard that the Game of Thrones up the up the tier on the last season per episode. Yeah. So so when we talked about it, it was just an average uh, cost about six million episode, and that's over the seven years, eight yeah. years. So yeah, I mean the final season they might have pushed it up, and there was a lot of a lot, of, especially the dragons. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of stuff going. So they might have kicked up to eight nine million, but altered carbon average cost is seven million dollars per episode for a Netflix original. Wow! But the thing is, is that this has me smiling with joy because it's everything. Because we got all these these content things that are coming out, guys. We have this. Uh, I mean, we have. Is it twenty? It's uh, what's what's the steampunk? The steampunk game that's coming out, not steampunk. Uh, uh, so guys, we got the game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. That's been that's going to be not from CD Projekt Red, the same people that developed The Witcher. And if you know anything about The Witcher, Ooh, nice. you know that this game is yeah. going to be huge, and it's going to be handled with care. Now we saw we had a trailer, and then last E3 we didn't have anything else. We had a trailer the year in 2016, 2017. We didn't see anything. Everything's pointing that this year we're going to see a ton on. Uh, cyberpunk 2077 awesome speaking of witcher though just for a second we know that netflix is making a witcher series yes i'm looking forward to that yeah (laughs) now the altered carbon feels just so if you go back if i would like this is what i'd like you guys to do before you watch or if you've already watched the first episode of altered carbon keep it in your keep it in your head go back Look up the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077 and tell me that it doesn't feel like you're in that world. Now, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to talk about that would be the comparisons behind that, but I don't want to... We're going to give you a week to binge before we put out our spoiler cast. There we go. Yeah. Give some people some time to take a look and dive in deep there. 
But and this, this just just off the first episode, I, I know we don't want to dive in too much, but off the first episode here, this the series gives the actors a lot to work with, man. There is a lot to lot to do and a lot of different ways this show can go. And I know we've only met the main cast, the main uh, set of actors so far in the first episode. Um, but I kind of read ahead a little bit and uh, <laughs> I read ahead because I was confused on something that I was I was going to mention the fact that I didn't like uh, the the police officer, um, Kristen Ortega. I didn't like her relationship with uh, uh, Kovac yet. Uh, now, I just thought it was just I know they're trying to get the sexual vibe and she's a strong female cop and he's the bad guy to her. Um but I kind of read ahead a little bit, and it all clicked in my head real quick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna squash what I had to say there, and wait till I, and wait till I watch the whole series. And I shouldn't have read ahead because I kind of spoiled it for myself. See, now you're thinking that I got theories going through my head right now, and I'm probably yeah. So I'm not gonna say anything. Just no, watch yeah, it. Yeah, I will. You, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. And they they didn't say it was gonna be spoiler either. I just was reading ahead, and so Rotten Tomatoes. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but first episode in though, uh, uh, really good. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I started. Dive, I'm about ten minutes into the second episode. I, I've I just, I've gone through. I'm, I'm two episodes in so far. You're two episodes full in. Okay. And right. one of the things, how many episodes total are there? Do you know? Uh, I'll know here in just a second. There are ten episodes. Ten episodes. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be done by next week, easy. Yeah, fifty three minutes. That was the first episode, so they might average right around there. So. That's no biggie. Now, if you're looking for something that all, that you might be able to compare this to, similar tech talk, uh, similar ideas, was the 2000 film, The Sixth Day, starring none other than Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that movie. I know you brought it up before the cast. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't think I've seen that. I, I can't remember it's the it same. All. It's the same concept of recording the recording the the cognizance and then transferring Your it consciousness, consciousness, and then, and then it flashing yeah. it into a clone. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Same concept uh, as uh, we talked about yeah. the Bruce Willis movie. Hey, Mike, Michael Rooker plays a good bad guy in it. Ooh, I love Michael. Rooker. Yeah. So now you got to go back and watch it because <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Rooker's been in so many things. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But what, so that's kind of what we've been going through this week. That's just been, you know, like I said, we're going to go through, talk about the games we've been playing, talking about TV shows. And then a lot of times with the TV shows, we'll do a quick rundown unless something magical happens. We have to absolutely talk about it. We're just going to, this is kind of our new format. We talk about our stuff in the beginning and then whatever the week is themed, we're going to go into. This one is Marvel. Now, we're talking about comics, we're talking about film, but primarily we are talking about The Gifted. The Gifted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The Gifted so far this season, and I have it pulled up right here, and we were talking about it before the show. It's renewed for a second season, which I know we're both happy about. So, it opened up, yeah, it opened up on... uh, at a 1.48 share for ratings, and that's the 10 to 49 demo. And it kind of dropped down in the middle, and we talked about it on the podcast, how it kind of got snagged in a little bit. 
Um, and basically at the beginning they were following the Strucker kids and then at the end they kind of explored more of the X-Men characters and more of the characters in the Gifted that are not directly tied to the old X-Men or not canned characters. Um, and so the last final episode ended with a one point... Well, the first one was... Uh, the second to last one was 1.04, then 1.01 and actually jumped up about 88% in viewer changes from uh, the middle of the season. So I'm really happy about that because I, I know you finished it, Damien. The last two episodes I felt like were the best two episodes. Um, the maybe the last three, because um, uh, something happened big in the and the the, fir, uh, the the third to the last. Uh, but I'm really happy that viewers came back to finish off the season because I want to see this world explored even more. Yeah, this is something Entertainment Weekly. When as far when they're talking about the season, the the they talked about the season overall. They said yes. They even mentioned the, the 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 little bit of a lull in between. But they said if you go from the beginning to end, they gave the series an A minus. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how I would. Yeah, I would give it something like that. Yeah. So on Rotten Tomato, they gave it about a seventy percent. Audience liked it about a seventy nine percent. That's eighty. That's about a B. Yeah, B B, B uh, A minus. I mean, I'm 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 kind of right. I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. right there because it. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, obviously, that I got caught put, pulled into other directions of shows. Uh, you know, magicians, guys. I love you guys. I love magicians. <laughs> uh, th- that that had me have to go back. Like, I actually just finished it the season today. Like, I went back. I was like, hey, you know, um, I fell asleep through a couple episodes because I was really tired when I started them. I'm just going to go back and watch them. So, I watched through them. I wanted to be fresh. So, I finished it today. Took down a bunch of notes and things like that. But... Season overall, man. Season overall, they in- introduced us to a lot of different characters. A lot of characters that have, that are either there were characters that were created ex- uh, specifically for the show, that are original yeah. Marvel characters. And what's cool about this, some of these original Marvel characters that created for the show are already starting to show up in the actual comics now. Too. That that was uh, something I found that was really cool. People liked them so much mm-hmm. that they're like, "Hey, we're gonna expand on them." In the comics. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Like Eclipse. I really, really, really enjoyed Eclipse's whole backstory. His whole I really enjoyed that character. Could you imagine Eclipse showing up now that Disney owns Fox? Could you imagine Eclipse showing up in like Daredevil? Yeah. I, his I, character well, feels like his character feels like it's got a background that could show up. It's gritty yeah. enough it could show up in that. With the with the mafia ties, the cartel ties in his in his background and how he was raised and what what he had to get through to to be where he's at now, and he kind of has a change. And because he went through those things with the cartel, he has a different outlook on the world. Um, he's trying to be more positive, and he's not as dark. I, I could see it. I I really like I really like Eclipse a lot. Um, besides uh Thunderbird, who, who you know I like it the most, but yeah, besides Thunderbird, uh. Eclipse is my favorite. Sean Teal, the actor playing by it. Now, I, I look I was looking up things on Eclipse and I like this and this is kind of headline grab, but I like this headline is is that the Fox the Gifted finds his Professor X in Eclipse. And that made me stop and I was like, Well I said, what are they talking about here? And it made me think for a second that and, and all they really meant by it is that a strong personality, a strong leader, and we know Thunderbird was that at the beginning, but I felt like Eclipse kind of became that at the end. He was trying to hold the Struckers together and keeping uh, Polaris in check, 
and and trying to keep her grounded. And we talked we talked about that as we were talking about the specifically the episode that involved we said parentage, and we we're yeah. talking about how he's learning as a mutant, and he was teaching Stephen Moyer who we find out later is actually a mutant as well after that episode. But at that time he thought he was just human. You know, they, they kind of go back and forth with each other and it, it makes you, it, the whole series. You, the mean, whole, you mean Reed, you mean Reed. Though. Reed. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve, I mean, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Reed, Reed Strucker, uh, Reed and Eclipse uh, learned a lot off of each other. And that, that's what this, yeah. this whole ser- series in the end is about family and it's about family splitting apart, coming back together, splitting apart, and it ends how it starts. Yeah, and I I liked on Eclipse of how how the show ended the season, how he kind of became the focal point because you know his girlfriend and his baby were going a different direction at that time, and so to me that. When I when I read that headline and I clicked on it and I read the article, they had a lot to say about the gifted, but I like the fact that they pointed out that he is kind of the leader now. Mm-hmm. And I know it's still with Thunderbird and Blink, and you know you have Kate the Struckers and you know Andy Allure and all that, but you kind of now because of Polaris as an original member, you and she went her own different direction to the Brotherhood. You kind of just have Thunderbird and and uh, Eclipse now as the two main guys. Now, if you're going to go back, if you're going to talk talk about her in the Brotherhood, now we we had yeah. we'd had this we had this theory because we know Polaris and we know the comics and stuff like that. We know that eventually it was, oh, she she is Magneto's daughter. Oh, she's not. Oh, she actually Magneto had her put under you know uh, under amnesia or not amnesia uh, had her uh, lose her memory so that it was yeah. to protect her. Now, we also find out in here on episode that when she was, because she's talking to one of the Cuckoo, uh, twi- is it Cuckoo or Cuckoo? Cuckoo. Triplets. Yeah, Esme. Esme. Esme triplets. Esme triplets. She's talking yeah, to one. E-S-M-E, yeah. Yeah, so she's talking to them, one of them, and she's, you know, talks about when she was 13, she was given a medallion by her father. So yeah. she knows who her father is. And that is the the medallion is strangely in it's in the shape of a certain Magneto's helmet, also the color of Magneto's armor, and if anybody knows some of the different renditions of Magneto's armor, he actually had an M kind of helmet shaped crest, which this looks very much like the medallion in some of the different comic suit comic versions of Magneto. It looks in some of the more newer or most recent versions of him. This looks like the emblem that he wore on his chest, and she he was okay, yeah, yeah. given that as she was age of thirteen. So this just kind of plays kind of plays into that that whole uh, aspect of the point, and to the point that I actually I am curious if at some point we might actually see Magneto in this world. I mean, I know we wish, or I know we hope that we'd see some of the main characters in the X Men world. I just don't think that's what we're gonna get. I don't think that's what the show is. I think that we're seeing the B and C characters getting in more into put into more of the spotlight and getting their own their own TV show okay. to uh, you know support them. I I think that's what you get. I mean, if you want Magneto, you have Polaris. 
she's basically yeah yeah she's magneto as a girl and and now that she's at the at the last episode she's taking over trying to become the head of brotherhood or she's going to work with the brotherhood we really don't know how that's going to work is a bro but it's the but this isn't the brotherhood this is the hellfire club hellfire club yeah sorry yeah 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 that's correct yeah I keep saying I keep thinking the Brotherhood uh, because the Brotherhood because the, the Brotherhood year. is yeah the the beginning the beginning of <laughs> yeah because the, the beginning of the year Blake. I was calling that yeah and I was calling that she was going to be part of the Brotherhood or she was going to start bringing back the Brotherhood and actually it was the Hellfire Club which we all know Magneto was a part of yeah before, so but Blink of all the characters was a part of the Brotherhood and they talk about Blink. that yeah uh, yes correct yep. Yeah, Blink. Uh, Blink is an interesting character, man. Um, she, uh, this is she was created. She was created a while ago. X Men, nineteen ninety four, and X Men three thirteen. Uncanny X Men three thirteen is when she first uh, was put in mutant ability to teleport, and they they nicknamed her Blink because within a blink of eye she can just disappear. And she was in the Age of Apocalypse in 95, and then she came back for a little Im- limited run in the comic books of her own for four series in the early uh, four episode, uh, four issue series in 2000. Um, but she is one of those mutants that has been around, but not really used that much. And then she's getting her spotlight now in The Gifted. And I really have enjoyed, I've actually enjoyed the actress playing uh, Blink, and I've really enjoyed Blink as a character uh being able to shine a little bit and that's played by jamie chunk thunderbird and uh eclipse now blink is kind of because you know Ploris has kind of went a different direction blink is kind of that third wheel now and we saw it a little bit at the end there where there's a little chemistry between her and uh you know uh johnny so we'll see how that plays out too um another really cool character that when you look her up and start going through all her all her background and all the stuff that she's been in in X Men, another tied to the X Men that we really exactly. didn't look at at the beginning, yeah. And, the, and I didn't look at her at the beginning as as a tied to X Men. Really now, at all. did you get to see? Did you see any of like the kind of the ads that they do for the Gifted prior to it coming out, where it was her talking into like a into like a camera phone or something like that, trying to send a message out. And it was then it would say at the end it would say the gifted, but they did like this kind of uh, marketing campaign around Blink as a character. Oh, did you say camera phone? Cell phone, (laughs) yeah, cell phone. Sorry, (laughs) camera in the phone. That threw me off. You said camera phone. I, uh, I was racking my brain. I was like, "What is a camera phone?" I mean, ca- I mean, cell phone camera. Sorry, I, I was, know what you mean. <laughs> I'm on. Hey, no, come on now. I got the flu. I'm on. I'm on a lot of meds I was, right now. I was giving you hell for that because that made me laugh. <laughs> so another character that I wanted to talk about that we see. She's a she's a side character we see a lot of in the in it, but we just don't. You don't really. She, you know, she's a mutant, but you're like, kind of what? What is she? What? What's her power? What? What's she do? Yeah. And I'm going to talk about Sage. Do you know? Do you know? I knew you're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a reoccurring character in the Gifted. Uh, yep. Her mutant ability, and this makes sense now, is that she has superhuman intelligence. Yeah. That's why she's always manning the, all the uh, computers, yeah. the satellites. Yeah. And she, and I love the one scene with her and Reed. We're reading together. And if you take a look at her eyes, she was reading like a hundred times faster than he was. He was, she was pro- processing all the information. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was, yeah. it was, that was what I liked about it. And in fact, I actually went back and watched that episode so I could, when I could yeah. see stuff, 
to see if they actually put that in. And they did. It's the fact that the actress, even though her, it was just so slight that they did things, but you can go back and see it. It's just like when you rewatch when you rewatch Bright for like the eighth time. <laughs> eighth time I saw many things. And Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed to say that? <laughs> no, if it wasn't such a good film, I'd be embarrassed. But I know it. No, I'm not. Maybe a little. Maybe just I've only little. seen it twice. Now, Sage. Sage is another one kind of like Blink. Uh, 1980, X-Men 132 is their first appearance. Uh, just another character that's been put into the limelight because of the gifted that hasn't got the star power over the comics or, you know, video games or movies or anything like that, you know. That's what this sh- this TV show is doing for us is is pushing these characters ahead so we can learn a little bit more about them. And I didn't know a lot about Sage before this either. I don't know if you've heard about her or I, I didn't. I I thought that she I believe wasn't her character used back when I thought Sage was part of Magneto's Brotherhood group when they were up in space. You remember when they were up in space? Uh, okay. And it was, and, and this is this isn't actually from the comics, guys. This is actually me going back to the '92 uh, uh, animated series on Saturday mornings. It oh. was it was when they did is when they met Court. This is the whole thing. Is like Magneto was in space. Uh, this is also when you know you meet Corsair is introduced also into the storyline because this is so you meet uh, you you meet Cyclops's father. It's all it's oh, okay. yeah. I mean, Cyclops' father. Come on now. I mean, you got you got the anime, you got the the series of stuff where it's a re- shows of a regular Joe, but Cyclops' father is a damn space pirate. That's badass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe you know they're all the same <laughs> universe now. They can change things up. We could get Corsair. He would be a good character. Now, now about Sage a little bit. Uh, Xavier recruiter. Um, early on and actually hid her presence because he was going to use her as a spy to infiltrate the organization Hellfire's Club. So that's interesting. I know Xavier's not part of it, but Sage was the one that was going to take and kind of get in there and uh, figure out what they were up to. Yeah, I mean, you leave the information to Xavier. You could be up to something now because she was the first one to walk across and that could, that could tie right in is that she's doing this to be a spy. Who knows? I mean, because Here's the thing: these series, you don't, you might get to see some reference of the characters because even in in FX's, uh, oh, you love Legion, I know. <laughs> so in in Legion, you you get this, you know, you you get this demonic creature that's in the likeness kind of of Charles Xavier, and then eventually it's just flat out put out there that yes, I he's the son of Charles Xavier. So, but you get references to Charles Xavier in that, and eventually, eventually you will see him or some some likeness of him. I would, I mean, I I would venture as part, even if you just see like the like the back of Magneto or something in his costume. I think that at some point you're going to get a memory, and you're going to see some representation of the X Men and all that stuff. I I just don't see because now what we what we know is that we do know that. There was an incident. There's nothing that states what happened to him anymore. Now, like, we thought that something happened to him, but it's just like they went away. No, there's no death. There's nothing. They just, they keep mentioning that they just. They haven't mentioned exactly what happened. And it's a good point when you're talking about a kind of like a flashback or a memory or something like that. Because Johnny, John Proudstar, he has that ability. Yes. He found out what happened to Blink's family 
and the foster care home. So he has the ability to, maybe he already knows and just hasn't led on to what has actually happened to them. But that gives, that's a good way to, I mean, even that, I mean, could you imagine you, how do you lead in to a season two opener and you want everybody to be talking about your stuff? Yeah, that's a good point. You need something big to, uh, and as I, as I mentioned that they that a 1.04 share the last episode, they probably want to keep that right around there or even higher, obviously, um, every TV show must be higher. Um, so yeah, you're right. You need to have some type of splash and maybe a flashback or, uh, I do read this one site and it cracks me up because every headline for each gifted episode this season was, was Wolverine in this episode of gifted. <laughs> and their first answer is no, he was not in this episode of gifted. And then they continue and talk about the episode, which is hilarious to me. And they just did that every time for each episode. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought it was pretty funny. That that is because I mean the thing is I mean that, that's everybody wants everybody wants Wolverine <laughs> in everything. Of course, how could you not? Now, some I know the beginning of the season, uh, Damien. They really kind of surrounded the show around the Strucker family, and then they kind of sprinkled in the underground, uh, the mutant underground, and brought them in and kind of merged the two storylines together. Which is I, I thought was well done. I, I liked it. I know I had a lull in the middle of the season. But as the season progressed, we really found out a lot more about Lauren Strucker and Andy Strucker. And their abilities to con- combine their abilities. And we actually see in the later episodes where um, Sentinel Services is out using mutants um, as Dr. Roger Campbell has put them together in these kind of like super gloves that they man, combine their powers together. But Lauren Strucker and Andy Strucker, actually the whole Strucker background is really interesting. And I think it's the most interesting thing in The Gifted uh, is that their characters go so far back um, to World War II almost. Um, they're, they're In the comics, they're either called Fen- Fenris, F-E-N-R-I-S, Fenris. Yeah, which or, is reference on- which is a reference to Fenrir. The uh, uh, the son of Loki, the the giant wolf. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't catch that part. Okay, the so Viking. Andreas, <laughs> uh, yeah, Andreas Van Strucker and Andrea Von Strucker is their names in the, in the books, and they're actually children of Nazi supremacist Baron Wolfgang Von Strucker. Now, how great of a name is Baron Wolfgang? <laughs> <clears throat> And actually, in Avengers, you see Baron Wolfgang in the, in the MCU universe. Yeah, he's the one the the eye patch. Yeah, yep. You see him. You see him for a short second there. Now, Baron, uh, he was in the World War II area, and he was actually causing misery and destruction first as Red Skull second in command. Yep. So, uh, uh, Captain America, first Avenger, Red Skull second in command is Baron Vaughn. Wolfgang, Wolfgang von Strucker. I I even screwed up his name. How great it is! Um, now th- their characters in the books go really deep, and the twins. Uh, uh, let's see. They first came out in Earth six sixteen, in the in the comics, and the Strucker twins and Magneto first first for his role in his father seeing his death some years in World War Two. They go back so far, and they have part of the assembly of evil they have part of the Mandrapool, excalibur crime lords i mean they go on and on of how much they've been in the x-men universe for many many years 
So they bring them up in the Struckertons and that 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 these they, these are their grandparents or grandfather and grandmother. And now we have Lauren Strucker and Andy Strucker who have similar powers. And now these two just had if they held hands, they had uh, the ability to fly and fire beams of concentrated plasma. And I know we see in the gifted that Lauren and Andy together have a different ability. They almost have like the ability of like earthquake. Well, uh, Remember the character? Earthquake? Yeah. Now, something else I wanted to say, because you, you mentioned Excalibur and all this stuff, right? Well, another character from that ranges back to that, that's a big part of now we, and this leads on to the point that we don't know if it's still, spoiler guys, spoiler. Um, this whole episode obviously is going to be spoilers of the season. But uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Dr. Roderick Campbell of Earth. Yep. Now this is technically Dr. Robert Roderick Campbell of Earth 616. Yeah, so there's obviously different variations. and Same thing with the the twins, yeah. But but this doctor is Dr. Rory Campbell. He was a researcher, uh, a psychologist and researcher for Moira McTaggart. We all know that as uh, one of Professor X's love interests. Now, if you go all the way through this, at one point, Apocalypse... This is is very interesting. I I find this actually pretty damn interesting, is that uh, uh, Dr. uh, Roderick Campbell at one point was captured by Apocalypse and he transformed him into the horseman called Famine. So he took a a human uh, and transformed him into it while while as uh, he formally had these powers. Uh, The Famine, he had the life energy absorption. As Famine, he was able to drain energies reducing energy attacks to nothing and to weaken anyone with energy-based powers. He mainly drains his victim's life force, resulting in, yeah, emaciation. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, but you. what's funny is is that this this is on the fa- this is also uh, on, off a site called Fandom, powered by Wikia. I, I love how they, this site's really a lot of fun. You guys, if you guys go, yeah. to, go to it, uh, we, uh, the, it's just got a lot of uh, comedy stuff here because it says his regular, his regular strength level Normal human male with regular exercise. But at one point, he also became a cyborg. (laughs) So it's this is, and this is the (laughs) same character that we see in that's, you know, running the the, uh, Trask Industries right now. All and all the studies. But knowing that in the past he was a cyborg in this stuff. And with what it ends on, do you think that? Because I mean, this is what my my first thing I wanted to ask you: Do you think? Do we think that Doctor Campbell is dead? He got seriously injured yes. by the Strucker father or the grandfather, and he was fixed up pretty quickly. But who knows? The timeline was on the show. And but they were healing. But the, but those scars were healing super fast because it was who part knows? of the process. That's so they a good were healing point. fast because of the immunity. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And the hit that he took, though, uh, I don't know. Because uh, I, I don't know. My, my, my thing is, you could, you could have something there. He's learned. He's learned the ability to combine these mutants' powers and stuff like that. So, what's to say he didn't take the mutant that is able to do the healing, the hound that's able to do the healing, and combine it with something else? Is he able to do it remotely? You know what? We we don't we don't know. I feel like he's a that. He's a very he's he's quite villainous, and I feel like it would be almost a waste for him to be gone at the moment. 
yeah, and so like I love to hate him. Now nah, he's a great character and, on the show, man. Yeah, he's kind of he's an ass. Now he did. <laughs> if, if you guys don't know who this is, this is the guy he created the Hound program. Obviously, there's some. There's always going to be something that's connected connected to like you got if you have Trask Industries in there that's got the Sentinels and all that stuff. You have you have to have something that wants to study the mutants yeah. and turn them into weapons. Well, that's that's uh, Doctor Roger Campbell. He's an asshole. I mean, that's that's just what it comes down to. In fact, at one point in this, when he's <laughs> or when he actually has custody, he got custody of the Strucker children to get them to actually perform their mutant yep. ability so that he can study it. He threatens to shoot either Blink or Dreamer. And he does shoot Dreamer. Dreamer. In fact, we lose we lose Dreamer this season. Same here. Which was really, really surprising to me. That that I No. I, these shows usually don't kill off main characters. They usually keep and when they did that I was like, Okay, yeah. good. I and not not that I didn't like Dreamer, but I was like, Okay, good. They're gonna take this show this direction. This is what I wanna see. And actually we see more killing. Yep. Uh, the next yep. episode with the Esmen twins or triplets. Now, Dreamer, Dreamer again, another character that you don't really hear a lot about, but you know, first introduced Power Pack Volume One, nineteen eighty five. Uh, she's been in a lot of different X Men uh, co- comics, Uncanny, X Men Files, uh, all types of different stuff. So just like Blink and uh, a couple other characters that we've mentioned here, another one that's getting you know the forefront on the show, but unfortunately. Uh, she passed away <laughs> and I actually looked up to see if she passed away in the, in the books. I couldn't really find it. Maybe I just overlooked it. I, I was curious to see if uh, a doctor or somebody in the Sentinel service killed her in the comic books too. Well, to I mean, they hell, tied that in that way. every uh, hero really sure. has died at some point, pretty much at some point in one of the, one of the universes, everybody's died. At some yeah, point. no. <laughs> yeah. I, Oh yeah, it was. But I you, was totally you, surprised. I was you like, were surprised oh. too that I'm like, that actually you Walking Dead me. Yeah, yeah. So then the next episode we have Esma, uh, played by Skylar Samuels, who I was really, really happy that they added her into this show. She's a really crazy character, and actually, it's a it's a Grant Morrison character. It's something that he he developed adding in these new mutants when he took over X Men, uh, early on two thousands, and he actually. Got this long backstory of Emma Frost was in the cosmo- uh, comatose state. Dr. John Sublime uh, harvested Emma Frost's eggs and actually created five of these. Um, and there was kind of nicknamed the Stetford Cuckoos. Uh, but their code name was Five and One. So Emma Frost actually took a special interest in the girls and became kind of their – the girls became her pod- protege. So they're they really are. interesting. Another, But they're kind of a newer X-Men uh, or the X-Men universe. Um, I do like Grant Morrison. A lot of people don't like Grant Morrison's writing. I really do like Grant Morrison. Um, he's kind of a hit or miss for some people, but Esmo was really, 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 really played really well by Skylar Samuels. I really enjoyed the episode that she was in. She almost turned the season for me because I was looking forward to seeing her. And in that next episode, speaking of killing, you yep. know, Agent Weeks was in the show from the start to finish, and he was the second to Jace Turner. Yeah, I was like, what? She the, killed him off too. Yes, <laughs> she killed off several agents, but I was surprised that Agent Weeks went also. Yeah, and the and other that was thing two about kind her of main characters, characters in, when in two they episodes, put man. out the frost, I was like, I was like, 
Ooh. I, I sat sat back. I'm like, that's a cool tie-in. I'm like, yeah. I, I like yeah. this. And maybe some people know about Esma because she's a newer character from the 2000s, but I really didn't hear much about her. I, I didn't read those Grant Morrison X-Men books. So that's another character that, you know, is getting a little bit more story, and I'm I'm, I'm happy for it. And I really, really like Skylar Samuels. I mean, she she's a really good actress to playing all three of those characters. Yeah, so the, another character that's interesting that I wanted to bring up, which looks nothing, he looks nothing like his actual, his Earth-16, or Earth-616 Earth character. 616, yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about Fade. Now, Fade, if you saw, you see him, he was the bartender and everything. He can turn things visible. He looks like kind of like a biker. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, and uh, that asshole went to the other side. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't see actually didn't see that coming. I I knew he had some rift between the Struckers or or not just the Struckers, but humans in general. Um, but he did show up and save Reed that that one episode. Yes, he kind of like played it off, and then and then so I was like, okay, maybe he is on on this side because why would he save him then? But if so, I don't. Maybe he was still conflicted of what he wanted. Yeah, maybe. Now it kind, of, but it it honestly him going to the Hellfire Club that actually kind of plays more into his character because in in the comics, his character is an albino gangster with the ability to become invisible to the human eye and even to high-tech surveillance equipment. Well, he's definitely not albino. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, because his skin... He looks like a six-foot-six biker. I know, exactly. (laughs) So in in the comics, he's albino. He is, he's like almost purple in skin tone, has red eyes and white hair and white beard. So that gives him that ability to blend in, kind of a chameleon style, yeah. But he has that he can, he has that cloaking ability where he can cloak whatever vehicle yep. or whatever he's touching at the time. So his his mutant ability is very very handy for the mutant underground. So it's it's sad that they lost that. I mean, we should touch on we should touch on like that some of the hounds, because yeah yeah. So you have uh, I think his name is Aid. Yes. Yeah, Aid. Yeah. That was a play by Andrew Benator. Those hounds are really, they're really creepy, man. <laughs> and the ability to uh, combine their powers, uh, you know, gravity hound, and then there's an in, in, inertia hound? Inertia. Um, inertia. Yeah, thank you. That was dumb of me. Uh, gravity hound, uh, he, those powers together of just being able to just basically take out full walls out of a building by you combining their powers together, that was really cool. I really liked that. And then they, when they found out where the mutants were hiding, um, because they had that toxic toxic waste area, but Jace Jace kind of he was being poisoned. And he kind of like no no this is where they're at. And they used those those hounds again to blow up basically that whole building. It basically leveled it. Um, really cool stuff. Um, Something for our heroes to fight against and try to figure out in season two how they stop these things, or stop Doctor, you know, Campbell altogether. Yep. Or Jace comes in the senses and decides that he doesn't want to work with Doctor Roger Campbell anymore. And at one point, he kind of was there with his wife, was asking him, "What you know? What are you doing? What are you doing in our daughter's name?" Yeah, one of the things I do like about this though was that towards the end of this, like the hounds and stuff like that, instead of being mutants that just looked human. Or just had a couple of variances, they started looking mutant. Like the the hounds started having like some of them would have some variation like to their jawline with horns or something like that, or mandibles kind of. They thing. look like Morlocks. Thank you. Yes, they did. And yeah. 
And what you know, the more that's exactly because Morlocks were the ones mutants that could Morlocks were the mutants that could not bl- hide, hide their, they, they couldn't hide their mutant ability. They they uh they're the ones that took to took to the the sewers and stuff like that and quite famously eventually were led by uh Storm after she defeated the Morlock Queen and, and I forgot about that, but yeah. I remember it. so a- the comic version version of that story was so much better than the Saturday morning cartoon that they like to play on, like it was a like they would rerun it all the damn time. And I, I like the Morlock storyline though in the cartoon. I like the Morlock storyline. I didn't like <laughs> yeah. that particular episode because yeah, that was a you. it was a boring yeah. episode. But the storyline was cool because the storyline yeah. also was when we where we got the re. The, I mean, the Morlock storyline is also when all of a sudden we find out that the what was shocking, especially for you know our age. To have a death happen in the first episode, yeah, mor- uh, morph, morph, morph. Uh, yes, morph, morph, yeah. So, so yeah, okay. I love morph. Yeah, I love morph. That that disturbed me as a kid. Yeah, man, same here. I love Sinister, that. Character. Sinister brought him back, and I got excited because Sinister brought him back in later episodes. Yep. And actually, the fight against the X Men and tricked them, and I was like, oh yeah, morph's back because everybody loved morph. He's the goofy, you know, the comedic, you know, value that you need in in that show. And he also gave so much. Like, but the thing is, is that the death of morph gave them without having to be a, a, a you know death of a, a loved one or like a female. It gave them the ability to make Wolverine have this like dark, twisted, you know. He had he had this thing that just was eaten away at him because he didn't save his buddy and Morph was his yeah. buddy, and then when they brought it, when Sinister brought him back, my God, the uh, the amount like that that was too much drama for a child. <laughs> I was that that age. I remember how excited I was when I found out. I know, you know in previews for the Saturday morning cartoons for the next week is that you see Morph is back, and I'm like, what? I Morph had that. Yeah, this is amazing. And you, if you had yeah, the no. action figure, man, you could change the heads out. You couldn't. It didn't matter if you couldn't change the body. You could change the head out. It's like yeah, I had Spider Man. I had the crazy dark Morph face. I had Morph face, and then I think it had like Hobgoblin or no, 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 no. It had uh, Cyclops was the head that yeah. you put on. And it just yeah, yeah. He always liked playing Cyclops and messing with. Cyclops. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, and I just God, like I, you're, you're bringing me back because I love more. I do. That does. I, I love that <laughs> character too, and I would love. I, I'm telling you, I would love to see that character utilized and get some limelight. Limelight in one of these shows or something. Like bring Morph into it, man. I mean, and then here, like, actually, you know, I know we're segueing away from this for a bit, but you got these really good TV shows right now that are bringing these characters out. And we have a lot of good actors that could play play Morph. Like I have, uh, I, I want to. Uh, you pick an actor out real quick, and I'm going to tell you the actor who I think uh, would. Because uh, because I'm going to think of like an A list guy that's not going to do a TV show like that. Um, I, you go ahead, man. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Oh, uh, hang on one second. I was doing it to uh, be able to. Haha. <laughs> I was trying to. I'm trying to think. Uh... Mm. Okay, I, I I got who I think would play a good morph. Jack Black. Jack Black? He's too, <laughs> nah. I'm Jack. joking. <laughs> so this is who I think would play a good morph. And it could play it could actually be either one of these guys. One for the personality wise, one for the looks. Um and they're both from they're also both from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. So I think Charlie Day for like humor would be a good right. morph. And he does TV, oh. yeah. Or Glenn Howerton. 
because he actually kind of could. You put a little makeup on him under the eyes, so he 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 looked like Morph. Okay, I like both. Yeah, these. so that 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 to me, those are those are things that I could see. Like right off the bat, I'm like, these are guys who I could see play Morph. Please talk to them. Make it happen. <laughs> I love Morph. I could see Charlie Day playing him because he was kind of a shorter shorter guy. Yeah, Morph was he wasn't a stature. He was probably about five foot six. Yeah, and he was a slender. He was a slender like guy. I mean, slender he was just guy. you know, yeah. And, and just yeah. Charlie Day could really do it. Like, I mean, he he could. He, man, he how, was, how, be, how hilarious did that actually happen? <laughs> God, it would be awesome. Like, I could actually, I would go see a whole morph movie. <laughs> well, we're we're uh, we're uh, X Men uh, X Men geeks a little bit. We kind of like <laughs> love X Men. We talked about this in the Gambit where. Some of the cast members were like, oh, I don't think Gambit's going to be... I'm, I'm like, put him anywhere. I'll go see Gambit. Oh, I know. I love Gambit. Yeah. That's another character that I know he's was on the morning cartoon and he's been in the X-Men universe for a long time. But that's another character you could easily bring back because he's not been in a lot of things. But I know he probably will never show up in The Gifted and that's fine. We'll, we'll take him as Chan and Tatum in a, a new movie. So at the end of end of the gifted series, to go back to just the episodes, how did you feel? Did you like how the show ended? Did you like how the show turned with the Esmond twins pulling off the you know the, the I hellfire did. was going to help? I, I did. Okay, I, I liked it too because it, as we talked about, we need a little pop for season two, and you were bringing back maybe we bring back a canon character from X Men. I, I do like the fact that now we have our mortal enemy, which is the Hellfire Club. And that's what X-Men was all about, was X-Men was trying to stop other mutants from ruining their cause, which is just being able to have a mutant life with, you know, homo sapiens, just humans. Yep. So I, I liked how it ended, and we, you you kind of see the string getting pulled along the series for Polaris. You can see her agitation and what happened to her. More things happened to Polaris in that season than anybody else. Yeah. Going in the jail, getting kicked in the stomach in the prison while she was pregnant, just doing you know life things when she was a mutant, uh, and then being released again to try to help you know. Well, they broke her out, but they should, they wanted her to help uh, find the other mutant undergrounds, and then for the Esmond triplets to come into it and bring in the Hellfire Club, and then pull her away because they kept on just putting little notes in her ear, just little little birdies. You know, your father ran this club, your father did this, and. Uh, uh, the surprising thing to me at the end was not the characters that joined her was the fact that I knew they're going to break up the Strucker. Um, I was pretty sure they're going to break up, break up the Strucker family as you saw Andy getting more and more agitated and wanting to using his powers. You saw him kind of beat up a couple agents outside the, the grandmother's uh, workplace when they're trying to save the grandmother. So I was pretty sure they were going to break up the Struckers, but since I was pretty sure about it, I wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen. So were you surprised that Andy decided that he was going to go on that side of things? I felt that I knew that some one of them was, and the fact that he was always the more, like, I mean, he was aggression. And yeah. so aggression works more towards that. And it's going to definitely meet, it creates, uh, the whole thing is the, the series started with the family being, being you know, Coming together the and then at the tightening group and then separate, being separated and then fighting to get back together and now they're separated and you know, sibling. Yeah, and it also it kind of plays in the part sibling rivalry. Yeah, and but the, did you like the fact that we kind of called this from a while ago? Like I said, Polaris felt like she was on that string, that trajectory to become this, 
and also Andy too. You can see the string just being his aggression string just being pulled along through the series. We kind of seen how it was coming, so nothing was really shocking to me at the end. I mean, I liked how it came together. I wasn't sure if it was going to come together at the last episode, but it was kind of uh, we could kind of see it coming all along. It wasn't really of that big of a shock value to me. One of the things that I liked though was also how they added in towards the end. It, they didn't like it was going towards the end. They didn't like okay, you know, we're going to we're not going to show as many mutants. They showed more again along the lines of the Morlock style mutants. Like they had Pedro, which is do you know who Pedro was? I don't know. I'm not Pedro sure. was the guard tower mutant that looked like a looked like a kind of like an elf. He was all white. Oh yeah, yeah. he. And he can actually make you yeah think uh, you can make you think fear, th- things. fear things yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah so Pedro was uh, added in in the end and I'm hoping that they expand upon his character because he didn't cross and I was thinking that he you know, he here you got a mutant that you definitely can't look like humans yeah you would think that he would have been the first one to cross over to the Hellfire Club and he's standing his ground so I would love to see him his character expanded upon. In season two. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because we've seen him a couple times as being the guardery of the the Mutant Underground. Then the, the only character that went to the Hellfire side was Fade, uh, played by Jeff Daniel Phillips. He was the only one that kind of shocked me just because we spoke about earlier. He saved Reed Strucker. He didn't really leave him behind. So that's the only one I was like, oh, really? He's going to go to? Other than that, they were kind of just no-name characters. The big guy... You know, that came out of the the container with uh, Esma, you know, uh, the the triplets. And she kind of was like, somebody was saying that Esma, something was wrong with Esma or something. She came out of that container too. And when they went and saved them, I can't think of that big guy's name. He looked like, he looked like Juggernaut kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't, I can't think of who he was exactly. See, as of right now, the actor who, actor who played Pedro, he's only credited as his, Guest star, uh, his name is Danette De Freitas. Uh, people are saying calling him. <laughs> people are calling him Nightcrawler's uh, white bearded cousin. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I I can see that. Yeah, actually, actually, I mean, they do have they do share some very similar identity things. I'm hoping that instead of being a guest star, that he actually is something that they utilize because you can't introduce us to a mutant that looks like that that actually sticks with you because that is something that you see you're like okay i want to see more of this even if it even if it's just to have him on a couple you know two episodes and he gets killed off no i agree with you just give us don't don't leave it open you know to us wanting to know what happened to him so now we have him split up and we have the hellfire club coming forming a shape at the end of season one now there might be some more room for characters like sage Shatter, um, Pedro, like you're talking about, to have more of a prominent role on the Mutant Underground side. So maybe season two, you will see some more of those guys uh, come forward and get a little bit more of their story, which would be awesome. I, I would love to see Pedro a little bit more. And I know you like Shatter. I'd like to see Shatter also. And Shatter well. showed an in, uh, another one of his abilities in, in the final episode. What was that again? When they're trying to break through, you had the Juggernaut-looking guy. And then yeah, that's right. They try to break through, yep. and sh- they go shatter, and they call over to him, and he sits there. And see, the thing is, is I don't remember that being one of his abilities. I remember that he's just had super strong, almost impenetrable skin, so he's basically immortal. Yeah, but 
that was cool because he turned it to he turned it to uh, instead of being concrete, he turned it into basically uh, obsidian. Obsidian, yeah, yep. And that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I now remember that. That was a really cool scene too. Yeah. So maybe we'll get some more Shatter. That would be really cool. I would love to see him out there yeah. fighting because the actor that be, that plays Shatter, you know, he goes through a lot of work to get in under all that makeup every time they film, and yeah, yeah, he's just in the background. That, yeah. But his, I would love to see more from him, and it's just, and I, I got something for you. So, do we think that? Uh, do we think that? Uh, uh, that Reed? Do we think that his power is going to stay? dormant or do we think that because of the stress and everything do we think that 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 he's going to be able to tap into his ability now we know mutant abilities come out at when they're stressed teen, yeah or teenage yeah. age when you're going through puberty and something traumatic event happening in your life will bring forward your mutant ability so something like andy leaving to join the other side might bring out Reed Strucker. I'm hoping it doesn't. I I don't like when you just give. To, speaking of Arrowverse, uh, all of a sudden Arrowverse, everybody had superpowers or some type of ability or or something. I, I don't like that so much. I like to keep the mutants or the superhero people the superhero, and I like to keep the human element the human element. I understand Strucker and Reed Strucker himself personally is is a big character. Um, if it did happen, it wouldn't kill me. It, it but I, I would like you to keep it as the parent duo okay. that are trying to parent the mutants like we've seen so far. I, I could see that. I could see that. But I would, I mean, to me, I mean, because I'm serious, but I'm also going back and I'm sitting there thinking Deadpool. I'm like, how did they make Deadpool? Oh, they, they torture everybody to bring out that mutant gene. So yeah, he, they turned into looking like a ball sack. Oh, that's a good point too. Maybe he gets captured and tortured yeah. and it comes out. That's a really good point. Yeah. So overall for the series, for season two, I want to see more Esma. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite character. So right now, as the bad, the bad side, the Hellfire side, uh, Skylar Samuels, I like her more than Polaris right now. Um, and then on the mutant side, I we talked about the characters we'd like to see come up, but I like to see more Eclipse. Yes, I I, I agree with you completely. I want to know more about Eclipse. I want to know, I want to know that with this going on, you know, I, obviously I think that with everything going on, he's going to probably have to fall back. And ask for help from the cartel to try to get everybody out. Like I think something's going to happen Good with point. that because that's something yeah. he has a connection to. I think we're going to see more about that. We're going to see more about the mutants that the cartel uses and teams up with. There's a lot, and, lot of spaces for this to up. And then by doing that, you're going to piss off the Hellfire Club or the Brotherhood or wherever Polaris is going because she's going to get wind and she's going to be angry. But let's not forget that Polaris is pregnant. Exactly, which makes her even more yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, Damien, I, 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 and we we talked about the the Rotten Tomato has it about you know seventy percent, about eighty percent for fans. I, I'm kind of right there. I'm kind of like a B. I'm kind of a eight out of ten, seven and a half out of. 10 I'm I'm right the there. Yeah, season. yeah. I'm like I'm I'm. If it didn't if it didn't have that lull for about three. Oh, it'd be a ten out of ten. It, it did, if it didn't have the lull, it'd be a ten for me because it's everything <laughs> yeah, I wanted. Fell, yeah, it, it came together. Um, and, and just to mention, like, I think it was the second to last episode or last episode where the Strucker family has to go find Reed's mom and get her out of town. And she's going to go to Florida. I, I know there's a point, but it was just a point that was not needed. That could have just been happened on a phone call or something yeah. like that. So that's the type of things they just need to cut 
the little bit of the, the junk out a little bit. Um, Cajun likes to say postcard. If it was a post-it note that could fix the storyline, don't put it in your show. And obviously, they could have just made a phone call. call hey, you got to get out of here. Yeah. Don't listen to me as your son. And not all this back and forth, you know. And she didn't know her husband was a mutant. And I was like, come on. But okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe he hid very, very well for her the whole time. Um, the Strucker family, the background of the Strucker family is very interesting to me. So maybe they'll jump into that a little bit more of 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 their uh, background. And uh, as we as we go through this and we see different mutants and we start looking in their background, you're like, oh, my God, this person's been part of the X-Men since the 80s or the 90s, or, you know, the early 2000s. It's surprising all these characters that we see here now um, that we really didn't know much about. And it's kind of awesome, man. I'm just waiting to see to get to have Jubilee show up at some point because awesome. she never yeah. got she never her character she kept, never gets her due. Her character kept getting younger and younger. Like you start off as a teenager I'm, and then kept getting younger and younger in the movies. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Continuity, this, people. This is a perfect segue of what I wanted to say. So this is on Nerdist.com, and I know I'm referencing Nerdist, and I should be referencing another another place. But they came. No, nah, it's up fine. With this... We get. I mean, that's how we. You know, we we reference. <laughs> we go to other sites. We yeah. get their information, and we give our so, own take so, on it. Yeah. So they came up with seven unsung X Men heroes that they want to see perfect for the get that. Now, one is Jubilee, which I actually agree with you. Now, this first one is really really cool to me, and it's Rachel Summers, and that Cyclops and Jean Grey's daughter. Yeah. I mean, that's another character, and that this is we're in a different, you know, different world. That she has psychic to doubt telekinetic uh, powers. Uh, that would be a really cool character to add into it. And it's a character that because uh, because Thunderbird knows, you know, because he knows her. Yeah, and his brother was part, part of the, the early, early X Men stuff. He could be the mentor to her because be like, you know because he knew the X Men. He was. We don't know what year this is, so she could be 25. Oh, true, you know, we don't true. Know. Yeah. yeah. So the second one is something that you've already brought up, which was perfect when you brought up uh, uh, the elf-looking guy. I'm dropping his name already. Good. Pedro. Anyways. Pedro. Pedro. Vote for Pedro. The Morlocks. Yes. Yeah, vote for the Morlocks. And I would love to see – I mean – you can only add so many groups. This is what happens with the X-Men because the X-Men are so huge and the yeah. ensemble cast gets so big. But the Warlocks are a cool group. We already talked about a little bit. That would be something interesting to add in for a third group that might be they help the Mutant Underground or maybe the highest bidder. Maybe they help the Hellfire Club. It'd be cool to see them help the Mutant Underground since they live in the Underground. <laughs> yeah. So a couple other ones I'll go through real quick. Malice, Selena. Uh, these are small X-Men characters that you see, uh, Eunice, the untouchable, which is early on 1965 character, uh, destiny. And then they get to an interesting one that was, uh, the X terminators, which, uh, originally formed five X-Men reformed as X factor, uh, mutant hunters, X terminators. They're kind of like the ghostbusters. It was just kind of a silly thing. They added at the end. Uh, but really, the first one I really liked was the Rachel Summers and then the Morlocks. And then also you added Jubilee there, which I think should have been on that list there. I know she was original, not original X-Men, but I know Saturday morning cartoons kind of brought her into the limelight as an X-Men. But like you said, she was never in the MCU. She's never in the X-Men universe in the movies. Just a little bit of role here, a little bit of role there. Uh, give her something, guys. Come on. She's a great character. Oh, yeah. Before before we done, we know we kind of we kind of set a score, but your score is what seven point five or eight? Yeah, I would say seven point five out of ten. Okay, 
My score, I'm going with the set. I'm going to go same thing, 7.5 out of 10. I'm hoping, I'm looking at you season two. Season two, please come back and wow me and yeah. give us the stuff we want. Add more characters in. Give us stuff to give us stuff to data mine. Get us stuff to look around because it's the type of stuff that we really like here. And if you're a big fan of just this type of stuff, you automatically are going to look into this stuff too. Uh, next week, we're going to, like I said, we're going to try to talk. We're going to talk more about the definitely we're going to be an altered carbon episode. Definitely. And then also we're going to talk about the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Yep. Our take on that. Uh, we're going to da- gather up a little more information on the wi- uh, Netflix's, excuse me, The Witcher. And uh, we'll, we'll, so we'll toss you a little bit of that. That's all stuff when we when we can have time and we actually know what we're going to uh, know in advance. Something that we're planning for the next episode. We will create like a little news section in the beginning and then we'll go into what we're up to. So. Something else we're going to talk about because the Super Bowl is this Sunday is the trailer for <laughs> season two of Westworld, which I know me and you are big fans of. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this trailer. So that's something else that we might touch on next week if we have time, but we'll definitely touch on it next week yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to be super excited for that. Hey, let me ask you a question before we dive off here. Okay. There's been a lot of fan reactions since we're on the Marvel side of things. Have you seen Brie Larson in the... Uh, uh, Captain Marvel outfit. I have, and see a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people were all excited about a version of it, which was not real, which was the the Cree, which was the colored version, the actual yeah, the Cree outfit, yeah. Which so it actually had they had the red and blue and all that stuff, or which is her what a lot of people know her as. Oh yeah, but the Cree ones, the green, the green, and black the green one. and black one, and but her in the in the, her outfit is the green and black one. And that's what's the one that's actually in it. She doesn't have the blue and red one. Oh, she doesn't have that. No, one that yet? that one's that that's yeah. Someone took it, took the the picture, and photoshopped the color on it. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Okay. All right. I didn't see. I didn't know that part. See, I was just looking at fan reaction from it first, and and one person said, "I'm sure I'll get I'll get over it because it's Marvel and I trust them." But my initial thought is, I hate the color scheme. That's not Captain Marvel. They didn't understand the Cree colors. Uh, another thing is too. Uh, I, as my initial look at it, she looks great in it. Uh, I, I trust Marvel. It looks a little baggy to me, but obviously they they'll. You know, well, here's the, here's the other thing: is these in. suits they have when you look at this stuff, and you go into Marvel, they they're they have multiple suits they wear. Now the suits that they wear when yeah. they're in close ups and things like that are suits that are actually scanned. They go into the system that scans with the laser, and it's all made by machine, so it is as as tight in as it can fit, right? And be, yeah, be and you mobile. have to be able to move in these things. Yeah. That was yeah. And so, so when people are saying they look a little baggy or loose, I was like, well, how are you supposed to walk in this? This is probably you know? that's probably actually a costume for mobility. There's probably she probably has ones that's more like I said, yeah. they have they have various costumes where I mean, shoot, Iron Man. So in the first Iron Man movie, you know, most of the armor Robert Downey Jr. actually wore. Except for the mask. The mask a lot of times was CGI'd on. Now, most of the time, Robert Downey Jr., everybody else is in costume. Robert Downey Jr. is out there with just like, like in a t-shirt, a t-shirt and shorts or whatever. And he's just got like, yeah. he's got like little, little tags on him. He's all CGI yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. So he doesn't. I've seen those pictures. Yeah. But poor, poor Captain, poor Captain America has to keep that suit on. So I was just curious since we're diving into Marvel before we get to the next episode week where we might not have time. Uh, I 
Brie Larson looks great. Yep. I can't wait for Captain Marvel. Too. I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait. Uh, and, and also, guys, right before we head out, still talk, hitting on the Marvel thing. Early, uh, early reviews right now of Black Panther are extremely positive. Ooh. Extremely oh positive. God, they're so good. They're so good, man. They look. I'm really. You know, I'm really excited. For oh, same. Movie. Same am I. Like I on it. Like right yeah. now, my favorite Marvel film is Thor Ragnarok. I honestly, yeah. I do think though that Black Panther very much could take be. could yeah. take that that throne right now. Yep, you're. I'm. I'm with you. I'm really. Uh, this is a great movie. Um, there's a little bit of uh, backlash. Um, maybe when we after we see the the movie, we can talk about it. But uh, really looking forward to Black Panther. Yep. Super excited that they made this. Yep. Same here. So with that, this week, guys, we are coming to a close. You can find us on the, you know, out in the interwebs on the website that has all the other, our, our brothers and sisters podcasts over there, uh, talking about ninjapancake.com. You can go over there and you can find things like Geek Squash. You can find things like My Morning Coffee, my eve- or our evening beverage. You can find, uh, you know, the division's doing, re- it's gotten really big right now. It's been Picking up steam. A lot of people are going jumping off of Destiny, going over the division. Division is amazing. Yeah, I love the game, love the storyline, love the fact that yeah. it's getting its just due. And if you're looking at a podcast for that, go over and check out uh, Bombshell Jackets. It's it's really awesome. And awesome. and then uh, of course you find Geekologist Radio over on there. And then you can also find us on geekologistradio.com. The website is going to be getting its update soon. Right now we are hitting all of our times where we're we're starting to do the shift for 2.0. 2.0, if you notice, we kind of got a format now. And we're going to just dial that in. And we will be launching our full our full uh, 2.0 here very soon. Uh, I'd say within the, within the month. I'm, I'm thinking early March is going to be 2.0 launch officially. And we are going to, within the next two weeks, we're going to actually be transferring, transferring over to Podbean. Now, if you listen to us on any of the other other things, like if you Stitcher or anything like that, it'll automatically update you guys. Uh, if not, we will make sure that we get that out. Follow our social media. Follow us on Twitter, Geekologist Radio minus the T for character restrictions. Or follow, basically also just, if you follow us individually, it's going to be a really good way to be able to get a hold of us. Because we're on Twitter quite a bit i know nick you and i we retweet each other's stuff and we we share a lot of funny stuff or things right now like a lot of stuff for me obviously you're going to get a crap ton of sea of thieves knowledge and other stuff sent <laughs> your way because i i mean i'm i'm a big old pirate right now that's just kind of what i am <laughs> but you're gonna get a lot of uh basketball on my side oh yeah sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> so nick where can we find you on twitter you can find me at Nick and PDX on Twitter, and I just want to mention, I know you'll mention the Facebook page, but check out the video I posted on there. I think I posted it yesterday or today of some of the most hilarious moments that I've seen on PUBG. There are some, <laughs> it's just, it, this video really did crack me up. There's just some dumb stuff in there, and it just shows the frustrations of this game and why you love it at the same time. Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, uh, Geekologist Radio on Facebook. And we're working on getting our Instagram stuff up there as well, guys. And uh, if not, you can find me, Mr. Damien Nash, all one word, on uh, on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter 
Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. And like I said, message me on there, follow me, tweet to us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us our feet stink. You don't even know what our feet smell like, but you can tell us that, and you know, we'll probably say it on the podcast. As long as you're not, as long as you're not too derogatory, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, just just don't give me a complex. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, Nick and I are out for this week. See you guys next week. Oh, oh, oh.